with that, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. January 26th, Matthew chapter 17, verses 10 through 27. His, Jesus' disciples, asked, Why do the teachers of religious law insist that Elijah must return before the Messiah comes? Jesus replied, Elijah is indeed coming first to set everything in order. But, I tell you, he has already come. But he wasn't recognized, and he was badly mistreated. And soon, the Son of Man will also suffer at their hands. Then the disciples realized he had been speaking of John the Baptist. When they arrived at the foot of the mountain, a huge crowd was waiting for them. A man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son, because he has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Jesus replied, You stubborn, faithless people, how long must I be with you until you believe? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Then Jesus rebuked the demon and the boy, and it left him. From that moment, the boy was well. Afterward, the disciples asked Jesus privately, Why couldn't we cast out that demon? You didn't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I assure you, even if you had faith as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. One day, after they had returned to Galilee, Jesus told them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed. He will be killed. But three days later, he will be raised from the dead. And the disciples' hearts were filled with grief. On their arrival in Capernaum, the tax collectors for the temple tax came to Peter and asked him, Doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Of course he does, Peter replied. Then he went into the house to talk to Jesus about it. But before he had a chance to speak, Jesus asked him, What do you think, Peter? Do kings tax their own people, or the foreigners they have conquered? They tax the foreigners, Peter replied. Well then, Jesus said, The citizens are free. However, we don't want to offend them. So go down to the lake and throw in a line. Open the mouth of the first fish you catch, and you will find a coin. Take the coin and pay the tax for both. Would you do the world a favor and be you? Because everybody else is already taken. Do the world a favor and be you. The world needs you or God wouldn't have made you. If God wanted me to be somebody else, I wouldn't be here. I would be them. Stop trying to be somebody else. Stop letting the culture define what's beautiful. God says you're beautiful. Have you listened to God's voice in Psalms 139, 13, and 14, that when you were in your mother's womb, you were wonderfully and fearfully made? 
Have you looked in the mirror and said, I'm wonderfully and fearfully made because God says? Or have you looked at TV images? Have you looked at magazine covers and said, oh, I'm ugly because I don't look like them? And God is going, precious child, you are beautiful to me. Too many people go around feeling wrong on the inside. They don't really like who they are. They focus on their faults, weaknesses. They're constantly critical toward themselves. That recording of everything they've done wrong is always playing in their mind. You're impatient. You blew your diet yesterday. You lost your temper. You're still struggling with that addiction. You should be ashamed of yourself. They wonder why they're not happy. It's because they have this war going on on the inside. You're not supposed to go through life feeling wrong about yourself. Quit focusing on your faults. Quit overanalyzing your weaknesses. Quit beating yourself up because you're not where you thought you would be. Here's the key. You're not a finished product. God is still working on you. The scripture says God changes us from glory to glory. You have to learn to enjoy the glory that you're in right now. You may have some weaknesses. We all do. There may be some areas where you know you need to improve, but being down on yourself is not going to help you do better. Having that nagging feeling, telling you you don't measure up, God's not pleased with you, you'll never get it right, it's not going to help you move forward. You have to accept yourself right where you are, faults and all. God is the potter, we are the clay. He's the one making you and molding you. It may not be happening as fast as you would like, but you don't control the timetable. Will you trust him in the process? Will you accept yourself in the glory that you're in right now? Don't go around being against yourself. You may have some things wrong with you, but can I tell you, you have a lot more right with you. You may have a long way to go, but if you look back, you'll see how far you've already come. Keep your flaws in perspective. Every person has something they're dealing with. When you are for yourself, you are in agreement with God. And some people have never once said, I like myself. I like my gifts. I like my personality. I like my looks. I'm happy with who God made me to be. If you don't like yourself in a healthy way, other people are not going to like you. You project what you believe on the inside. If you feel wrong about yourself, you project inferiority, unfriendliness, discontentment. I'm asking you to feel good about who you are. You may not be where you want to be, but you're on the way. God is changing you from glory to glory. Start enjoying the glory that you're in right now. You may have some weaknesses. We all do. Don't you dare go through life against yourself. God is saying today, you are my beloved son my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. Now do your part. Start putting on the breastplate of God's approval each morning. If you'll do this, I believe and declare every chain that's holding you back is being broken. God is going to keep making you and molding you. You're going to come up higher, overcome those obstacles and become everything he's created you to be 